joining to me. Practice of being aware of awareness. start this morning by just relaxing that aperture of what we're aware of and just letting it all sink in. So it's, it's a real precious time at the beginning because it's familiar. We get in our same familiar spot, perhaps, or we bring the body into the comfortable, familiar position. And then mind assumes the familiar position of knowing exactly what's going to happen. This prediction mechanism is already at work. As soon as consciousness returns to the body, it just starts up again. And we're not trying to change that, of course, but we're just aware that mind thinks it knows exactly what will happen uh, now uh, in these next moments, minutes over the course of this hour. And perhaps we just you now very gently shift into I don't know. What if I don't know? What would it feel like to have this inner posture of I don't know? We can just check to see what that does to the interiority. How comfortable can we get with not knowing? So with those of you that are meditating, I open to show you the sunrise. Watch mind tell you that it knows when that sun's going to pop over the tree. Listen as mind tells you that that is the sun or it isn't the sun, just the beginning of the sun. Just listen inside. Perceptual apparatus takes in data. And the mind is, mind is insistent on making sense of it, bringing meaning to it. 
So let me ask a question. Are you aware of awareness? My mind tells me I'm experiencing the sunrise and from that deducing awareness. My mind tells me the direct experience is the sun and I can infer from that awareness What's actually happening is I'm experiencing awareness and from that deducing the sun. Our direct experience right now is of the awareness of our perception of the sun. We have direct contact with with awareness, with knowing. And from that, we deduce the sun rising over the horizon. So the point for us to contemplate is what do we know directly? And what does mind fill in and tell us is going on? So we are aware of our perception of sight and sound and taste, feeling. If there's any smells.
everything we know is mediated through the senses when it comes in the perceptual field. So now we take a step back. Do we know perception? Are we sure we're aware of perception? Have we ever found this thing called perception? Or is that yet another layer of conceptual rendering and interpretation by which the system interprets and makes sense of input? Have we ever encountered a thing called perception? Are you sure you're knowing perception or are you knowing the knowing of it? We know the knowing of the sunrise. We know the knowing of the sound of the birds. And this is the self-reflective nature of consciousness. It reflects to itself, in itself, as itself. Ongoingly. And it generates quite a show. can be at one moment heart opening, the next moment horrifying. And yet the show continues. Reflection upon reflection upon reflection. So the question we contemplate during this practice is, what knows the self-reflective nature of consciousness? Something's watching that gigantic cosmic 
disco ball with all the little mirrors at slightly different angles producing different images, different actions, different reactions, different perceptions. What sees that? And when we contemplate this, we know we're not looking for an object. Like mind likes to search for objects. So we're letting go of mind during this inquiry. And we're feeling into, allowing a letting go of. For me, I have to be willing not to know <laughs> to get to the knowing. <laughs> Secret password isn't Landshark. It's just being willing to not know. But staying alert, curious, open, aware. So the 
useful thing is that the self-reflexive reflective nature of mind rarely takes a break. So we almost always have an object. about which we can inquire. What sees this? What's aware of these sounds, tastes, sights? What's aware of these inner sensations? aware of these words moving through mind actually moving as mind right maybe we use that inquiry right now if I said look at your mind right now Is that an object? Is it a thing? Now mind may generate a picture of a brain, an image. The insula is so good, it just keeps rendering images. It just keeps, re it's just this orientation, uh, amazing orientation uh, faculty that we all have. An image of the mind is not the mind, right? Look at your mind. Look at the mind. Look at mind. Now, we all have a sense of, I don't think any of us look down to our belly, right? We look up because we've been taught that's where the brain is. But do we find an object? Do we find something that has a boundary, a form? Again, we're just willing not to know. Can you find mind? Can you point to something? Is it locatable? It's just so fascinating to me how often terms are used and there's not necessarily clarity about experientially what that means.
Is mind an object? If so, can you find it? So if when we use the word mind, we all assume that we know what is meant because it's not that there's not an experience of mind. It is that there is no object called mind. So now let's go to the experience of mind and just be willing to not know, but curious, want to know. We're not just resting in I don't know. It's not I don't know and I don't care. It's I don't know and I'd love to know. I'm willing to know. I'm teachable now. Let's go curiously. And the essence of curiosity <laughs> is not knowing. <laughs> That's why it's fun. <laughs> There's always something to be discovered. There is no curiosity if we know. Can't be. We're not curious about something we know about already. Uh, unless there's more to know that we don't know, right? So we know we have an experience of mind. We're not trying to gaslight ourselves. Let's go to that experience now. What is your direct experience of mind? For me, it's movement of words in an area that seems to be above and to the right of wherever I'm looking from. It's not just movement of words, it's movement of words, images, and accompanying sensations. Thank you. 
how would you describe your direct experience of mind? so let me ask you is the movement not the movement is mind is your direct experience of mind static or in motion your direct experience of what you call mind, what we all call mind, what we refer to when we say the word mind, experientially. Is it static? Is it devoid of movement? Is it constant? Or is it in motion? Is it changeful? Is it ever moving? Can we touch in to get a sense of directly for ourselves? How roiling, how fleeting, how constantly in motion. The direct experience of what we call mind is. And we, can we contemplate how when a word is assigned, mind, it speaks of a certain solidity, right? Objectiveness, an object, something that's the same. Something that has a beginning and an end. The word mind doesn't do justice to the continual kaleidoscope, kaleidoscopic flow of images, words, 
sensations. That is the mind stream. And perhaps even the term mind stream is slightly closer to the actual experience. But even mind stream connotes a certain like it's only here-ness to it. Like there's the banks of the stream and, it, and the stream doesn't just go up the bank and up into the air and <laughs> up into the cloud, at least not directly. <laughs> and, and my direct experience of mind is that it can play down in my belly. You know, when the orchestra of mind plays, you know, it's, it's got a wind section, right? It's got those real, real deep tones. It's got the high tones. And it plays all over the trunk of my body. It does not just play up and slightly to the right. In like a, you know, 10 inch sphere over my head. Like in the cartoons, ding, and then that little thought bubble comes in. That's kind of the, the mind's rendering of the image of mind. That's not my direct experience. My direct experience is that thought stream is more like a flood. It does not respect boundaries. It does not flow in one certain direction or another. And it's highly variable. It's like mine's like a flash flood, constantly in a flash flood zone. So as kind of alliterative as a flash flood metaphor may be. The stuff of mind is not seeping into my belly. Or darting to my shoulder or stuck in my throat. We're taught that There's electrical synapses, firings of neurons in the brain. And we are literally living in a simulation of what those synaptic learned connections have been programmed to simulate.
but the implications of that strike me as vast and profound. The habit of believing that a certain physiological, neurobiological, chemical reaction means something about another, or about a me, or about a world. For me, that's the heart of the teaching, that the world is illusion. And is kind of either exciting or stupefying that exploration can be conceptually, intellectually. Experientially with this practice. We are invited to return again and again to the only thing in the manifestation, in the illusion that is constant, which is what sees that. What are all these words and concepts, pointings known by? What are they arising to? To this innate knowingness, yeah? to this natural intelligence that we are. Can we confirm that's what's constant? Life unfolds along the lines of what we value most. What is it that you value most? I do not think we can find what we do not look for. I don't think it works like that. At least not find it consistently. So do we want to find the constant? Do we want to find the truth, and we're very specific about how we define truth. <laughs> truth is always truth. It's in the same state, condition, 
under all circumstances, at all times, in all places. What is constant right here and right now? We can't know it like an object. It doesn't have a form. We can only know it by knowingly being it. But the, the good news is <laughs> we are already it. <laughs> so it's really so much more gentle than what mind could ever imagine. It's from relaxing back into noticing. Noticing's already happening, even when we forget to notice. Matter of fact, we are what notices, forgetting to notice happens. And this knowingness, that knowingness is, is present. There's no doing there, is there? You can't effort your way to the recognition of the knowingness that we are. You are not having to do anything to hear this voice. To hear that little collar jingle. The natural intelligence that you are picks that up immediately. And then enter stage left. Mind comes in and thinks about it. But the recognition was there first. The knowingness was there as primary. The thinking about it may or may not come. But that is seen as something that has a beginning and an end. That's a movement that can be tracked. Tracked by what? Known by what?
this knowingness is the constancy. It's God's being knowing through us, knowing in us. knowing as us. So we seek to discern this one true self. And to rest in its embrace.
So when we perpetually know that we're only ever directly experiencing our own innate knowingness, our own divine intelligence, which is alert and aware and ongoingly knowing. There's a continual and renewed opportunity to not only <laughs> accept what is, uh, but accept the inner reactivity as what is, just as the outer reactivity can be accepted as what is, because the primary experience is the constancy of knowing, knowingness, of resting in that innate guiding force, that intelligence that intelligently interacts with all. And that brings us to the bottom of the hour.